Andre Dawson, Hall of Famer from the Chicago Cubs, and you're listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast featuring everybody's favorite coach, Coach Manaman. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Manaman. This podcast is produced on Anchor, where you can record, edit, and publish all from your smartphone. You can find the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any other major podcast platforms. Stepping to the batter's box. Well, Dubuque baseball fans, you know that I mean only one thing. The Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast is about to begin. I can't think of a better day to start our Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast on the day when most major league teams, pitchers and catchers report. A little bit about me. I am Coach Nick Manaman, and I coached high school baseball in the greater Dubuque land area for 18 years. Got my start at Hempstead High School and was an assistant there. Moved on over to Waller Catholic High School, where I was a freshman coach there for four years. Jumped back on over to Hempstead, where I coached freshman baseball had a scent as a head coach at the sophomore level, and then jumped up to the varsity level for a couple of years. After I was released from my duties at Hempstead, I went to the Western Dubuque Bobcats, where I spent the last four years on their staff. Probably my greatest accomplishments when I think of my coaching past is the three schools that I coached at and the schools that and the classes that I work generally um, well with and that I spend a lot of time with those three programs those three classes went on to by the time they were seniors lead their schools and set the school record for wins I did it at Dubuque Wallert with Jack Huffman's class and J.J. Reimer's class. I did it at Hempstead with uh, Brady Breitbach, Jeremy Vossen, Chris Tompkins, Mitch Crimmins, Alex Gross, David Fitzgerald, to name a few. And then at Western Dubuque High School, that's been accomplished the past couple times that I've been there. But this is not a one-man show. I cannot do it alone. Every good coach needs an assistant. Every good podcast needs a co-host. So without further ado, let me introduce you to my co-host for the Dubuque Area Podcast, hailing from Phoenix, Arizona, former coach at the Dubuque Senior High School of the Rams. Let me introduce to you, to my wingman, my cohort, my assistant coach. How many more can I name? I don't know. Without further ado, Tyler Soiling. Tyler, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Nick. It's uh, it's great to be here, man. I'm excited. Hey, I'm excited. I cannot believe we're doing this. I'm excited to have you. Now, I know pretty well Waller, Hempstead, 
and Western Dubuque, but I lack with senior. That's the one position. That's the one school that I have not coached at. That's where you come in. Also, you come in very handy as well because I know the motivational tools of the game. I know the offensive aspect of the game, and I know the fundamentals and the defensive part of the game. But what I really struggle with is pitching, and that's where I don't know if I should name you my assistant coach. I don't know if I should name you my pitching coach. I don't know what I should name you, but I'm glad to have you on board. Will you please tell the listening audience out there a little bit about your background and what you're doing today? Yeah, so – I spent, it'd be 10 years at senior, four as a player and six as a coach. I was an assistant um, sophomore coach under our mutual friend, Cole. That's actually how Nick and I met um, my first year out of high school. And I stayed at the sophomore level as an assistant uh, that following year. And after that, I was lucky enough to get my own freshman team. And after that, I spent three years at the as the head coach at the sophomore level, which was um, great. I loved it. Um, and then I decided that I needed to make a change in my life uh, after playing college baseball and getting done with all that. Um, and I moved down here to Phoenix. And since then, I've, I'm in my second program down here. My first program was uh, Marco Zaniza. Uh, my first year, we... Um, we made it to the semifinals of state and had a really great run. This is the first time that our, our team had done that in a long time. Uh, we had uh, a kid get a full ride to UNLV out of that class. We had a really, really good group of kids. Um, the following year, I, I took over the freshman team just to kind of help out. And after that, I decided to part ways with Marcos. I still teach there, but I coach at a 6A school now at called Desert Vista. It's a very, very good, well-known program throughout Arizona, um, and I'm super happy to be there. Last year, I, I, I kind of joined late, so I, um, you know, I, I just kind of helped out at assisting um, down at the lower levels, and then this year I'm up um, kind of taking care of our outfielders, helping out with pitching, and um, taking on a new role with the varsity team. So it's really, really exciting. Well, Tyler, I'm I'm a, I'm glad to have you on. Help me out here with something. So you are in Arizona, and you mentioned six A in Iowa. The highest class is four A. So what is six A baseball in Arizona? Does that just mean there's six classes, and that's the highest class with the biggest enrollment, or how does that work there in Arizona? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. It, it's set up just like Iowa would be. Except uh, obviously in Phoenix, you know, we have a lot bigger schools and, and more schools. So um, like the school that I'm at now, uh, senior is, you know, about 1500 kids or so, um, which would be 4A, which is the same down here. So the school Marcos that I teach at is about the same population and we're and that's 4A as well. But now the school I'm at, you know, the school jumps up to about 2600 kids and we move up to that 6A class. You know, I travel to Arizona every spring break and attend spring training, and uh, I had the honor of looking at some of the fields that you play on, and, and the one thing that really impressed me about the Arizona baseball scene is how well manicured and how well groomed every single field was that I saw or I stepped on, but you know what, Tyler? This is the Dubuque Area Baseball <laughs> Podcast, and we don't care what happens in Phoenix, Arizona, okay? We're here Complain to talk some. about Dubuque Baseball. That's what we're here to talk about. Two things that I love, Dubuque 
and baseball. Tyler, one thing you probably did not know about this podcast, but I did a little homework. I did a little research getting ready for this podcast. So I was able to pull up quick stats from years and years and years ago from when you played. And did you, you told me that you were predominantly a pitcher, right? That is very correct. Well, Tyler, you have the batting average, a career uh, high school batting average of a pitcher. I, I pulled your batting average career from high school as as a 244 batting average, which is way below average. Can you confirm or deny that batting average? <laughs> I can cert- I can certainly deny that batting average, although I did only really hit one season, which was my senior year, and I hit myself in the face swinging out a pitch and thought myself couldn't finish season. So that tells you why I should I should have stuck to pitching, which I obviously didn't after that. But no, I hit 333 my senior year buddy so um you gotta give me a little more credit than that two. all right so let's stop the debating here we could argue all day about this and one so bomb. here's here's what we're gonna do we're gonna go with my research and we're gonna go with the 244 career batting average so i don't know if you follow what's going on in iowa or dubuque but the dubuque casinos have skyrocketed because of sports betting so we're gonna place a little bet on here and Alex Gross he's the guy that I follow on Twitter at Grossy he knows all of the ins all of the outs with sports gambling so we're gonna set the under and over for 244 listens on this Dubuque area podcast are you gonna take the under or are you going to take the over um you know I'm gonna be optimistic I'm gonna say the over I think this is gonna be a hit. I think people are going to love it. So I'm going to take the. So my next question for you, then, if we go with your batting average, which I am calling baloney sandwich on um, as 333, do you think we will hit 333 views on this Dubuque area podcast episode? Or what do you think? I'm I'm still taking I'm I'm going for a million, man. So I mean, I'm, I'm taking the over. Tyler, what did you say you taught? Uh, right now, yeah, teach. Yeah, I, I teach life skills special ed. So I teach high school kids um, that function, you know, um, around the third grade level or lower, and uh, have kids with autism. I have kids with, um, you know, a variety of disabilities. So well, I I can tell you that you do not teach math because <laughs> saying that a million people are going to listen to this podcast when Dubuque only has about 70,000 people and probably only 3,000 of them can pair about high school baseball. It just proves my point that you're not a math teacher. But I uh, posted I posted yesterday. Hey, you said views. You didn't say viewers. You said views. So I think people are just going to, want to listen to it over and over and over again. You think so? Funny. Yeah, they, uh, they like my nostalgic voice here. But um, I, I posted yesterday a, a trailer to this podcast, and I, I used my uh, – my creepiest suspenseful voice. Um, I don't think it really turned out that well, but I got, I got a lot of feedback. I got a lot of people. I had some parents reach out. I had uh, a lot of former players reach out. I had some former coaches reach out and they want to know what is this Dubuque area podcast all about? So Tyler and I met and we talked about one thing. We 
want this to be about the programs. We want this to be a positive feeding grounds for the program. So we want to highlight the four major programs in Dubuque, which is Senior, Hempstead, Wallert Catholic, and Western Dubuque. Also, we want to highlight the players. We want to talk about all the great things that those players are doing on and off the field. One thing that you really don't hear about in the TH too often is you don't hear about the coaching staff outside of uh, the head coach. And we want to go more in depth than what the Telegraph Herald does. Now, do not get me wrong. Jim Leitner and his staff at the Telegraph Herald, they do a great job of covering all sports and they do a great job of covering baseball. But let's be real here. They are covering everything from boys to girls. They cover synchronized swimming. They, they, they uh, do the color guard. They do badminton. They do girls basketball. You name it, they do it. We are focused strictly on Dubuque area baseball. So we're going to be able to uh, go way more in depth than what the TH is. I, I'd like to bring in some players and have some interviews on this podcast. I believe it or not, Tyler, I have three confirmed coaches as guest for the Dubuque Area Pop Podcast, mic drop. I can't believe people agreed to do this with me. I know. Well, funny, funny story. Uh, I reached out to Casey Bryant, and Casey got right back to me. He's all on board. I uh, reached out to uh, Jeff Rapp, and Jeff Rapp uh, said, I will do it, but Coach Nick, please. No loaded questions, and I responded back. Would I ever pull such a thing? And uh, he replied with a no comment. So um, I will. I will have Coach Rap on, and I promise, Coach, if you're listening, I know you are. But um, I, I will play nice. I promise. Does not mean I'm not going to ask tough questions. That's what we're about. We're going to ask tough questions. We're going to keep it real on the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. But I promise you, I will not give you any loaded questions. I will even give you the questions in advance, Coach Rap, if you would like. You do great things. We want to hear from you. We want to know about the team. We want you to plug Hempstead Baseball everything on the positive aspect and this is breaking news tyler you did not even know about this but i have a third confirmed coach as a guest you know who that might be i don't leading into recording i got a text message from wallert catholic head coach Corey tisher and he has also agreed to uh join us when we highlight his program and and we talk about some of the preseason predictions leading into that so we got coach casey bryant from west dubuque confirmed we got coach jeff rapp with an asterisk confirmed as long as i don't ask any loaded <laughs> questions and we all well, go get ahead. him on here. He's, he's a guy you want said you let him on here don't be asking loaded questions he's a good guy let's let's oh. get him on i think he'll be great oh, to he's, talk. he's a great guy very knowledgeable guy i like to call him the gentle giant because he looks like the incredible hulk but um He's a, he reminds me of Bambi the pig or Bambi Bambi the deer. I'm sorry, I was thinking of Babe the pig. Really sweet guy. I promise. No loaded questions. And then also leading into this recording, Corey Tisher, Wallert Catholic head coach, also agreed to be a guest on the Dubuque baseball area podcast here and uh, i'm excited about that i want to have some good conversations with those guys i want to talk about all things uh, about their programs also one thing that we want to do here and tyler you don't know about this this wasn't in the outline that i sent you i, I added to this but um 
we have preseason All-Americans in every major college sports. Well, guess what we're going to do? You and I are going to do preseason All-Dubuquers. So before the season starts, we're going to go through those four rosters, and we are going to come up with our preseason All-Dubuque team, which will be known as the All-Dubuquer team. We are also going to do an all debut team at the end of the year. And I do need to talk to some baseball historians because I do want to give some end of the season awards. For example, we might give the Dick core coach of the year award. We're going to do it. You want to do it? Let's do it. The Dick coach, the Dick core coach of the year award. You up for it? I'm up for it. All right, let's do it. You know what? We might give the Kevin Romberg MVP award. Who's Kevin Romberg? He was uh, drafted from Hempstead High School, Cleveland Indians. I believe he played a couple years of uh, Major League Ball. This is where I need some help. We might have the uh, Andrew Redman Award, which would be the Dubuque equivalent of the Cy Young. I don't know. I need some help. Help me out here, people. Coach Manaman at Twitter, C-O-A-C-H-M-A-N-E-M-A-N. Of the most dominating yeah. pitchers that it seems it seems a, it seems baseball. a little uh Hempstead heavy right now so I think we need to get some some other programs in here that's why I'm asking for input mm-hmm. you know and you can email me at nmanaman m-a-n-e-m-a-n at gmail.com with some insights with some topics you'd like to talk us talk to us about you can also give us a follow on twitter if we get the million listeners like tyler says We'll probably open up a Twitter and Instagram account with uh, the Dubuque area baseball. But only, right now, only if we get a million, though. What was that? Only if we get a million. So Yeah, yeah. But right now, at Coach Manaman, um, we're up for it. But, um, you know, there there's a lot of people that, that I want to interview. I, I would love to have Ian Moeller. I'd love to have him on. I'd love to interview him. I would, uh, I'd love to have his dad on, Stephen. I, 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 uh, I have never um i i do see some of the things he posts on twitter his son has had some um amazing experiences in the baseball well i love to have him on the dubuque area podcast uh eric munson uh former major league baseball player love to have him on he's got great things uh stand up personable guy i love seeing uh, eric in the neighborhood okay. love to have dusty rogers on i mean there's there's a lot of uh, great people. Also, you know, if somebody has a huge week, if somebody pulls a Coach Manaman week and goes uh, three for three in a doubleheader with three bombs and three walks, you know what? We're going to get them on the Dubuque area <laughs> podcast. That's that's what it's all about. Is that true, Nick? Is that true? Say that again. Is that true? Three for three, three bombs and three walks. You know, my first three varsity at bats, I homered in, and then Coach Core had me DH the next game. And I was a junior, so I was I was three for three with three homers, and I went zero for two. I walked twice, and I and I grounded into two double plays, and then I never played again the rest of the year. I still can't figure it out. I ask him every time I see him why I never got back in, and he can't give me an honest answer. But that's a whole nother podcast. So, Tyler, the next section of our podcast which we're going to touch on every single week. It's called Dubuque in the Spotlight. So these are things going in and on around Dubuque that I just want to spotlight. We got some great things 
going on here in the world of Dubuque baseball. So feel free to chime in when I mention any of these accolades that are going on, anything you might have to share. But this section right here is called Dubuque in Spotlight. First person I'd like to talk about is Calvin Harris, senior catcher out of Western Dubuque. He is a Division I commit to Ole Miss, and he is the 60 Big-time first. Yeah, big-time program. A lot of catchers with that program there. And he is currently ranked as the 61st best prospect, and he is currently projected to go in the major league draft in between the third and the fourth round. So it would be interesting to see if he goes to college or if he takes that money and goes on to the professional game. Do you have, uh, do you have any insights uh, here, coach? You know, I, yeah, I mean, immediately the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, the money sounds really, really good, but, um, and I also haven't been drafted, so I don't have, you know, I've never been put in that situation, but, you know, I cherished the time that I had playing college baseball. Um, you learn to love the game because that's what you do. You know, you you wake up to go to class or you wake up, you go to weightlifting or whatever you do. You go to class and then you're right back at it. And it really teaches you to love your teammates, to love the game that you're playing and to just enjoy the time you have. And I can't I wouldn't take those memories back for you know, for anything, you know, there, um, it was just a great time. And I just think that you learn to grind, especially when you're going and playing college baseball, because it is a grind. All you do is you, you, like I said, you wake up, you go to practice, you go to class and you go right back there and you, you learn to really, um, refine your game. And, um, like I said, I haven't been put in that position before where I've been drafted, but, you know, I, I really like the college route. I really, really do. Yeah. And, you know, Tyler, the chance of you and I have getting of getting drafted is slim to none. We got a better chance of getting drafted to go uh, fight uh, Russia or North Korea than we do getting drafted by a major league team at this time in our lives. But we uh, we mentioned him earlier. And again, Ian, if you're listening, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna tag you on Twitter in this podcast. You gotta get a listen. We want you as a guest. We want to interview you. Good things going on there. But Ian Moeller, believe it or not, LSU commitment. And he is projected. A big time he program. is projected as a first round pick. He is the third overall prospect in the United States. So I say first round pick. You take that first round money. You uh, build that into your contract that if you're a bus, which Ian won't be, he's a catcher. I'd love to see the A's draft him, uh, develop, and he, he can catch uh, A.J. Puck in a couple of years from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. That'd be great. And, um, and, and you get that built in where your college is, is covered and, and paid for. But um, anything to add, Ian, if you're listening, we want you on the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Third overall prospect, projected as a first-round pick LSU commit. Anything to add, Coach? That's great. No, uh, you know, LSU, man, that's exciting. Uh, you know, I used to go to College World Series every single year. You and I went one year together. And the LSU games were the hardest ones to get into because their fans travel so well. But, man, it's, it's, a, it's definitely a cool atmosphere to be around. And I could only dream of playing in that type of atmosphere. And, man, that sounds like a lot of fun. I, I remember when you and I were going – 
to the uh, to the College World Series, and and I'm a planner, and you're not. I'm a I'm a guy that has to plan things out a year in advance. And you're a, hey, um, what are you doing today? I don't know. Do you want to drive to Washington and go see a Nationals game? And the next thing you know, you're driving cross country to see uh, the Washington Nationals play. But um, I do remember you telling me that that or Kid yeah, Rock. Or, I, I I do that for Kid Rock. Yes, I do. Um, but I do remember you telling me that um, if LSU makes it, we we have to have a plan. And lucky for us, LSU did not make it. But that College World Series, that, that was a crazy experience. Um, for some reason, I was given media passes. So your boy, Coach Manaman, he had this lanyard that said media and we had to walk into this certain part of the stadium and we had to show our media passes and then we had to be escorted to an elevator and then we had to show the people on the elevator, our media passes. And then when we got off the elevator to get into our suite, we had to show the people at the door, our media passes. And we were told we had to have our media passes around our neck the whole time. I have no idea how I pulled media passes. I have no idea why your boy here, Coach well, Manaman, well, you got didn't media, pull the media passes, passes, but it worked out. Yeah, I'll say your wife got them for us, so she's the one to thank for that. That was awesome. That was a great way to watch Yeah, I, I remember it being right. 97 degrees, and we were watching it from an air-conditioned booth right above home plate. That was uh, – that was pretty phenomenal. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, Coach Soy, but we have a ton of Division One talent getting ready to gear up for the high school baseball season in Dubuque. We have – Yeah, I mean – I'm like, sorry, go ahead. I mean, no, I mean, Dubuque has always had really, really good baseball. Like, I can honestly say that. It has been great baseball to be around and to learn from and – um, you know, especially coming out here, it's a different style of, of a game. And uh, Dubuque's always had talent. It's just nice to see, um, you know, these kids get these big offers and, and show what this place is, is capable of. Yeah, it's, cool. it, it's great. And, you know, there's there's not many people talking about it, but that's why the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast is here. We're talking about it. We're talking about these kids. We're promoting these kids. I'm going to be at your game wearing the Dubuque Area Podcast shirt cheering you on trying to get an interview right after you hit the game winning grand slam i'm gonna be in the huddle i'm gonna have my helmet knocking your helmet that's how excited i am about this podcast here but um enough about me let's talk about the division one talent we have here in dubuque we have tommy speck who's a sophomore from waller catholic high school and he is a university of illinois commit so you're going to notice there's a lot of young kids on this we have Kellen Strohmeyer. I'm going to give a shout out to his little brother, Reed, who I had in class last year. Great kid. Kellen Strohmeyer is a sophomore from Dubuque Hempstead, and he is a University of North Carolina commit. So I believe looking at it is. Program. Yeah. And I believe looking at Tommy, I believe Tommy is an outfielder who's got gap power. Uh, runs like the wind, a uh, good left-handed stick there. And uh, Kellen Strohmeyer is shortstop um but I, I i can see him playing any position uh on the field and he's also uh got a left-handed stick so that is some of the division one talent we got cal harris we got ian moeller we got tommy speck we got kellen strohmeyer those are some of the things that are going on in dubuque in a spotlight but there are a couple other things that we need to talk about here coach in the uh dubuque and spotlight section i also want to 
give a shout out to my former seventh and eighth grade teacher and former boss at Western Dubuque, Casey Bryant, just received an award from the Iowa High School Baseball Association. That man, believe it or not, that full head of hair, not a wrinkle on his face, just got awarded for having his fifth hundred. I'm sorry, 500 wins. So, yeah, you obviously don't teach math. Yeah, I don't teach math either. So he got his 500th win. So from Coach Manaman and Coach Soigling in the Dubuque area podcast, Coach, thanks for being our first confirmed guest. That's probably the biggest accomplishment of your career. Second biggest one is getting that uh, uh, recognition for your 500th win. Do you have uh, Do you have any Coach Bryant stories you'd like to share before we move on to our next part here, the Dubuque in the spotlight? No, you know, I honestly don't know Casey very well. I've only had very few interactions with him, but, um, you know, all I've heard is just great things about what he's doing over there. And obviously from you when we talk and you're really happy uh, coaching over there and uh, congrats, man. That's, that's amazing. I can only hope to have that one day. myself. And uh, coach Brian, I just want to let you know that if you do not retweet this, there's going to be problems. I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be, who's, who's the guy in, uh, in happy Gilmore that, that torments happy. Um, I can't, I don't know, but I'm going to be, I'm going to be that guy from happy Gilmore. That's yelling from the stands. If you don't retweet this coach, Bryant, we want to retweet. We want people, we want to hit that million listeners, but, um, you know, my, my, uh, I have a lot of coach Bryant stories. Not only was he a teacher that I really looked up to and I really respected in seventh and eighth grade, but, um, he, uh, he gave, he gave me a chance, um, when I thought my, uh, my coaching career was, was over and, and he, he brought me in and I was a little nervous going into, going into that job interview because when he had me as a an eighth grader I mean I I was a complete um complete uh jabroni and um I, yeah and uh, I I did not make his two years very easy there and I even mentioned in my interview that I hope that my actions as a middle schooler did not um did not um take his decision any which way uh, negatively in, in or in order to hire for me but um Casey Bryan of, of all the coaches that I've worked for he is probably the most analytical um, he's kind of like the Tampa Bay Rays he's like the um, he's like the Kevin Cash of of high school baseball or the Mississippi Valley conferences he's very analytical uh, everything that he does is data driven from um uh Verlo coming off the tees to um, radar gun. He, uh, believe it or not, carries this binder around that that's huge. And he has every single player of every single team that he plays. And he has every single one of them highlighted. And um, the highlight stands for how fast they are. And if they're, a, if they're a green runner or a red runner or a yellow runner, and that tells the pitchers and that tells the catcher how quick they need to go, go to home plate because um, he, he has a read on all of these guys and, and how quick um, they, they can steal second base. And I thought that was, um, I thought that was pretty remarkable to see all that going into, into high school. And I'm not surprised one bit when I read that he had his, uh, 500th victory because that is uh that's pretty outstanding he does put in put in a lot of work next i'm sorry Uh, no it's fine uh so i just i just want to if you're listening casey 
We got these these new two things of equipment. They're kind of expensive, but if you're an analytical guy, it's perfect. It's called Rap Soto. We have it, and or so basically, yeah. Oh, he does yeah. have it. Well, set there up, you go. That's, set up there, in the in the batting cage, and uh, yep, it it uh, videos you. Yep, and uh, yeah. Amazing. For the people that don't know what that is, I know. Like I said, Coach Bryant always always ahead of the game there uh, with the analytical stuff. Do you want to share with? people listening here the thousands and thousands yeah. of the dubuque area podcast baseball fans what rap soto is <laughs> millions yeah no i mean it's kind of hard to like break down everything but there's two different machines there's one for hitting and there's one for pitching and man it tells you everything from exit velo to uh the way that your ball is spinning and and your spin rate and your efficiency with your spin rate and your gyro and all these different cool things that uh come along with it that just kind of helps you get a better idea of you know where these kids are at and and you can look more in depth with things which is a lot of fun yeah and and coach bryant like i said he's got a binder every single kid in the program we had to record all of that information um the reason why coach bryant and that program has been so successful is out of all the coaches i work for he held me the most accountable And as a freshman coach, there was a lot of things that he asked me to do that no other program ever asked me to do. And um, like what? uh, Well, one, record all that information. So if if Mm -hmm. we had if we had 75 kids out at the freshman level or actually, let's say, you know, last year we had 55 kids out at the freshman level. We had to fill out all of the rap soto information. We had Mm -hmm. to track it regularly. Um, we had to, um, as a freshman coach, we had to take stats and, and we had to relay our stats to him. Um, he asked me to go around and do quite a bit of scouting. He would ask me to stop in at other practices of the program and say, Hey, I want you to watch this player for us. I want you to watch this player for us. Um, you've coached freshman, you coach sophomore, you coach varsity. Can he play at this level? And he, and it really, it really, uh, pushed me to be better. Uh, he did a nice job of getting everything he, he needed to get out of me, but you know what, um, Casey, when you tell you effectively use the stats. Yeah. And and we're going to talk about this. He is, he is a confirmed guest, but I feel like we're spending way too much time here on Western Dubuque baseball in the Dubuque in the spotlight section, but we will, we will get to that when we do the preview, but um, here's something that you can chime in. I know you uh, know this family. I, I, I believe you even coach this player, but former Dubuque senior Ram alum, Jacob Kerman, who pitches for Clark University, uh, threw a no-hitter the other day, striking out 12, and he was named the NAIA Pitcher of the Week. Anything to add there about Mr. First game of the year. Uh, Yeah, man. I mean, I had – so his dad, Jay, was my assistant for two years. Me and Jay got had became really, really good friends. I loved the guy to death. Um, But I was even luckier to have Jacob as a player. Talk about a guy who doesn't lead. He leads by example. So, um, you know, he, he, he appreciates the game and he loves the game so much. And all he ever wanted to do was get better and better and better and work harder and work harder. And he asked good questions and he, anything he could do to pick my brain, uh, any situation, anything, he just wanted to become a better overall baseball player. And I think that that has shown 
what what he's doing in college and it's so amazing i text him as soon as as soon as i saw that he threw that no no um man i was so excited for him because it's like you know a kid that works as hard as as anyone has that i've ever ever coached um getting something like that to show for it it's it just shows the fruits of his labor and man i'm so proud of that kid it's amazing what what are what are your thoughts on him um left-hander we know he can pitch uh, do you do you think he's got a chance of getting drafted here? You know, I hope he gets a shot. Um, I really do because I think that no matter if he were to get drafted in the last round or the first round, you're still going to get the same kid, and he's going to work just as hard as he ever has, if not harder, to to make it his make his dream. And he's made that he made that clear from day one. He wanted to be you know, professional baseball player, which every baseball player thinks of um, as a grown up. But I just hope someone gives him a shot because I think if they give him a shot, um, he's going to do some really, really great things and surprise some people. Now, I, I, I do have a little bone to pick with Jacob here. Do you mind if I do you mind if I uh, turn the mood around a little bit here and, and get a little angry and rant? Uh, Jay Kerman, dad, where you at, bro? Where you at? <laughs> I, I agree. Bro, Where are you Jay at? Jay Kerman, I, I was texting you at 10 o'clock in the morning today, bro. All right. I know there's people out there listening to the Dubuque area podcast. They're saying that we're not giving senior any time. We're going to do our player profiles coming up here. And I want to let you know, if you're mad at me, do not tweet at me, Coach Manum in C-O-A-C-H-M-A-N-E-M-A-N on Twitter or send me an email at N-M-A-N-E-M-A-N at gmail.com. I don't want to hear anybody complaining that we're not talking about senior enough. You send that hate to Jay Kerman because I reached out to him multiple times trying to get information about the two players that we're going to spotlight today and our player profile. I don't want to hear it. Man, I can't even get a reply out of the guy. You know, I, I spent two years coaching with him and thinking he's a good friend of mine until, you know, I try to reach out to him like you are and I just get nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Come on, Jay. Pick Jay, it up. step it up. We got we got people that want to hear this Dubuque area podcast. All right, we we need your help here because I'm gonna I'm gonna start showing up to senior pitchers and catchers, and I'm gonna start sitting in the bleachers with binoculars, and I'm I might get escorted out. So you gotta help me out here. You gotta help me out here, bro. All right. Last thing I want to mention here, Tyler, in the Dubuque in the spotlight section is, are you a fan of the TV show American Pickers? Uh, I've watched it a few times. I, the only, the only thing I know about picking is my nose. And um, I don't do actually, I am not going to admit to how much I I do it. No, I don't do that. Um, But American Pickers uh, featured the field of dreams a couple of weeks ago anything Dubuque anytime Dubuque is on the national spotlight I always DVR it I save it on my DVR I watch it multiple times and they made they made a trip um, out to the um, field of dreams and and it was a great sight to see I I really liked it I thought the segment was well shot there was one thing that was super cheesy is they they show the ghost players playing and um they they show the American Pickers crew standing up and like showing a home run and watching a home run. But the guy who hit the ball um, was an old guy and where he hit the ball, he fouled it 
in between third and, and home base, but they made it look like it was a home run shot to left field, which, which uh, didn't happen. But um, besides the cheese factor, um, I, I enjoyed it. It was, it was pretty cool. Did you have a chance to see that at all? No, I didn't, but I was really, I think you texted me about it actually. And I was really excited because um, I was a part of the ghost players for a while. And, Sorry. Um, I was a part of the Ghost Players for, for quite a few years. And um, the memories I made and the things that we did with that ghost with the Ghost Players Association was just so much fun. Um, you know, I got to I got to talk to great Major League Baseball players, Hall of Famers, you know, um, one that uh, isn't in the Hall of Fame. But man, was it was it was one of the best conversations I had was with Bill Buckner. Yeah. Rest um, in peace, by the way, Bill. Rest in peace, yeah. And, um, you know, there's so many cool things. And the Ghost Players aren't about um, just doing that big event once a year. Um, they go to small towns, to Little League programs, to, uh, you know, helping fundraise for cancer patients, like all those different things. They travel all around Iowa, Illinois, Wisconsin, Minnesota. They would even I even talked to Frank. I see him every year, and, and they're always willing to come down here to help out our teams down here if we need to fundraise and so they do so much more and it's just um so cool to see that that association get some recognition and, and feature those guys and you know i i would like to say it was it was awesome seeing it um frank the tank who's got so much money in the bank dartis he uh <laughs> he was playing catchy he was he was featured in the show i i believe i i sent you a picture of, uh, of Frank on American Pickers. And then also it started off a segment with right. Chad Crable, uh, Dubuque yeah. police officer, former uh, Hempstead standout. Funny, interesting story about Chad Crable is when he played, Love he crabs. played freshman baseball. I was coaching at Wallard. He was playing at Hempstead. And um, I coached uh, Riley McCarron. And Riley McCarron that year had 69 stolen bases. And in, 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 uh, it was, uh, we went 19 and nine. So in a 20, in a 28 game season, Riley McCarron stole 69 bases. He was only thrown out twice. And it was a double header at uh, Wallard and Chad Crable threw out uh, Riley McCarron twice. I've only ever seen um. I've only ever seen two people throw Riley McCarron out stealing. One of them was Chad Crable at the freshman level. And the other one was uh, Kenny Capacious. So you've seen your people saying, we're not talking about you there. I just did a senior name drop. So get off my back here. I did see uh, Kenny Capacious uh, throw him out uh, back in the day. Too. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a great feat, man, honestly, because I, I, I had the opportunity to play with Riley uh, I played against him my whole life, but I played with him uh, on our Legion team. And, you know, that guy, he wasn't just fast. He was smart. He was. He was a good base runner, and he could steal a bag. And it wasn't just because of his speed. It was because he was smart. And that's an incredible feat. So, yeah. You know, and, and we're going to talk about lack of baseball Ike about that sort of thing on, on future episodes of this podcast but that's why this Dubuque area baseball podcast is such an amazing podcast because where are you going to get insight on Super Bowl champion Riley McCarron who threw him out when he was a freshman where are you going to get that information <laughs> I don't 
Where are you going to get that information? You're not going to get it else. except here, this Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. But um, the one thing that I thought was funny is Chad Grable walks out of the corner and he does this stretching routine. Had no idea, no idea what he was doing, but um, I'm sure he was he was directed to do that. But that ends our segment here, which is Dubuque in the spotlight, which brings us. Hey, is this heaven? No. It's the Around the Horn section of the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Five random questions that the guests were not prepped for. To our next segment, which is called Around the Horn. And for you new listeners, which you all are because this is our first episode of the Dubuque Area Podcast, is we are going to go around the horn with Coach Soigling and whatever guest is on here. So Coach Rapp, Mr. I'm going to come on, but there are no loaded questions. I will give you all of the questions we're going to ask you in advance, except for the around the horn section, because this need to be real conversation here. And what the around the horn section is, is after a strikeout, which Tyler Soigling, Coach Soigling had many from senior and also playing, um, I believe, was it for the Bernard? No. no ball Town. Ball Town. Ball Town. Yeah, and the bombers, the ball town bombers, and one of my favorite people of all the favorite catchers, uh, Brady Breitbach, was your catcher. You got to give Brady a shout out here on the Dubuque area podcast. He uh, he sent me a text last night saying how uh, how excited he is. Brady, I hope you're doing well. I got to make it up to Detroit, visit you soon, see a Michigan State game. We'll catch a Kid Rock concert. We'll catch Uncle Cracker concert, and uh, you know we'll see a Michigan State game all, all in the same weekend. I'm looking forward to it. But on a strikeout, I, I loved having. Just, just, just to talk about Brady really quick, man. It might have been summer league baseball, but man, I—he was one of the most comfortable people I've ever had catch me behind the dish. He was always on the same page with me. Um, just made my life easier, and and he loves the game of baseball, man. I, you can't teach that. And so, uh, big shout out to Brady, great he, guy. He does. Um, Coach Dick Core said this, and Coach Core has probably been to every Hempstead game, has seen every single player. He said that Brady Breitbach is the best defensive catcher he has ever seen go through Hempstead's program. And you think about the catchers that Hempstead has had go through there. They've had uh, from Wolf Cool, um, just, and uh, Brady Breitbach. And um, they, they've had, I, I'm drawing a blank right now, but they, they've had quite a few great catchers go there. So um, on a strikeout, catcher throws it to third. There's one. And then the third baseman can either throw it to short or throw it to second, whatever coach's preference. We're going to do shortstop. There's two. Shortstop throws it to second. There's three. Second baseman throws it to third, which is four. And then the third baseman either slams it into the pitcher's mitt for five or gives it a toss. So these are going to be five rapid-fire questions that coach Soigling and our guests have no idea that they are going to answer and this is called I'm nervous. around the horn you should be nervous but I was friendly um, I promise you no loaded questions here for goodness sakes all right question number one favorite all-time baseball player Randy Johnson most overrated baseball movie Ooh. That's tough. Um, oh, I don't know. I like them all. 
Can I give you my favorite one? No. Because that that, that could be a future question on Around the Horn. Uh, I don't know. Rookie of the year? I don't know. Okay. Three. What do you miss most about Dubuque? Um, the people. Uh, and just the especially the baseball people. Um, I, I love all the co- like the coaches that I work with now. But um, there's just a different way of, of looking at the game and seeing the game here. And, um, you know, it's been a learning process for me, and it still is. But, um, you know, I, I, I miss the, the, the people, and I miss the, the um, coaches and the conversations I have with those coaches. All right. Question number four. What would Coach Sogling, the coach – I'm sorry. What would Coach Soigling, the coach – Tell Tyler Soigling the player. Hey, great, great <laughs> question, question, isn't it? Hey, I tell that you, we, really get, we get deep here at the Dubuque Area Podcast. Now I'm telling you, that's a loaded question right there, Coach Raff. That that one right there, that's a loaded question. <laughs> it is a loaded question. Um, I guess it would be to, um, you know, it, it kind of comes down to, this is actually something my dad told me, and I, I wish I would have understood it sooner, but um, you have bigger fish to fry. That's what I would say. And how does that relate to baseball? Uh, he always told me that because, you know, baseball is a long and tough season, and, and as a player, it sometimes it mentally wears on you, and you sometimes forget where you're at and where you're trying to go. And it just kind of always put me in perspective uh, or put it in perspective um, that, you know, I do have other things uh, to look forward to in life, whether it was baseball um, or what I'm doing now. Uh, you know, I found my passion in teaching and um, there's always bigger fish to fry. And so I wish I would have told that to the player. And last question. We are getting it back to the pitcher. Best non-playing or I'm sorry, best non-playing and non-coaching baseball experience. So what is your best baseball experience that does not involve playing or coaching? Ooh, there's, as, as a baseball fan, I'm going to, I'm going to answer this in two parts. So as a baseball fan, the college world series, undeniably just an amazing atmosphere. If you love baseball, that's the place to go because everyone else there loves baseball and that's all you hear it's so much fun um but as more of a player um road trips um our road trips down to arizona from bemidji uh you know they're like 36 hours but man were they so much fun you just get to you spend so much time with your teammates and you find ways to to goof around and have fun and and do new things um for sure but road trips were so much fun very cool so should we go on to our next segment or do you want to know those answers of yours truly here? The, the hope. Oh yeah. I, I didn't even ask you. You asked some tough questions, Nick. I mean, Hey, geez. yeah. We uh, here at the Dubuque area podcast, we don't mess around here. I, I, I clearly, clearly we don't. Yeah. I, what's your, what's your, uh, what do you think is the most overrated? Well, I'm going to go through questions one through five because I have the questions in front of me. Ty- Tyler, look, Tyler. Oh, Oh, so so you get to know the questions, 
but I don't. So you already have predetermined answers Ty- for these. So I need to Tyler, come up with five Tyler for you. Tyler will tell you that when I sent him the outline for today's podcast of the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast, that I uh, I blurred out his questions. Everything on the outline that we were going to discuss and we were going to talk about was available, except for these questions were blurred out. Well, if you want to do around the horn with me and ask me some um some rapid fire questions next time we can. But um, I, I did have to think about the most overrated baseball movie of all time. I, I, I just thought it was too cliche right now to ask what's your favorite baseball movie of all time, but I'm going to go through one through five. Okay. Number one, favorite all time player, Ricky Henderson. Um, some people say he's the greatest leadoff hitter of all time. I strongly disagree with that. I think Ricky Henderson is the greatest baseball player of all time. Look at his war compared to some of the guys that are playing right now. He's up there in the top five. Most overrated baseball movie of all time. I am going to go. Uh, if you would have asked me this a couple of years ago, I would have said A League of Their Own. But um, they came to Dubuque recently. Some of the cast did. They're out at the Field of Dreams. I rewatched the movie. Really enjoyed it this time around. But uh, my most overrated baseball movie is For Love of the Game with uh, Kevin Costner. I felt like they were trying to. Because you're not a pitcher. What was that? Because you're not it a just, pitcher. It's just they, too much. I felt like they were trying to cut off a Field of Dreams and they were trying to trying to put Costner in that hoping they would get um it it just was it was a very overrated movie uh what do I miss most about Dubuque um I don't really know if I can answer that one because I I'm still living here but um if if I uh didn't have an 18 year commitment uh I probably would be down uh in Arizona I'd probably be with you right now um what would coach Manaman tell player Nick Manaman, what would Coach Ma- what would Coach Manaman, the coach, tell Nick Manaman, the player? It would be a lift. I uh, I just started lifting weights a couple weeks ago. I had foot surgery. I can't work out. I can't walk. I can't really do anything. So I started um, doing some arms, and I, I started lifting. I'm 38 years old, and it's the first time I ever started lifting weights. So I would I would tell myself to lift and get in that weight room. So high school players listening to this little leaguers listening to this get in that weight room i'm going to give a shameless plug here to bba and mike zoefala never met him but um he does a fantastic job there i can tell you that much i go see mike zoefal at um at building better athletes in dubuque iowa mike that's a free plug here but um if we get those million listeners that coach soigling says we're going to get we're going to have to charge for these sponsorships and um i've heard nothing but good things about that yeah good guy good good stand-up guy and best non-playing and non-coaching baseball experience i've had a lot of great baseball experiences outside of coaching and playing um I think one of the coolest things I've ever done is I watched a game, the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks against the Boston Red Sox from on top of the Green Monster. Um, Watching a game from on top of the Green Monster is one of the coolest experiences I've ever had with baseball in my entire life. But um, probably the greatest uh, baseball experience, non-playing or non-coaching, is we used to have a collegiate team back in the day in the North Woods League, um, and they were called the Dubuque yep. Mud Puppies. And I don't know if you remember Nick Hall from my wedding, but his family housed players uh, when Dubuque had a team. And we had the likes of Jeff Weaver come through. We know Jeff uh, had a career uh, with the Tigers and some other teams. His younger brother, Jared, had a stellar career. And uh, Nick housed um, 
Jared Weaver, but he also housed a guy by the name of Rob Quinlan. And it's not a household name, but um, Rob Quinlan won some awards, uh, had quite a long hit streak. I believe he was MLB Rookie of the of the Month at one point. But um, he played for the Mud Puppies, and uh, Nick's, Nick Hall's family housed him. And um, he stayed in contact with him. And, and uh, he was – Rob was going to be playing in Chicago – uh, against the Chicago White Sox and he invited Nick and any of his friends to a game that wanted to join and um, Nick is Nick is a storyteller I mean if you think I'm a storyteller double that by double that and um, you have uh, Nick Hall and he told us his friend Rob played in the majors and he was going to get us great seats and we could hang out with him Rob and the team after the game and we all had to work the next day. It was a Sunday night baseball game. And um, we're like, yeah, whatever, whatever. Yeah, whatever. So we didn't we didn't take off work. Well, we show up to um, Comiskey, the cell generated park field, whatever it's called now. And um, we get our tickets at will call and we're sitting right behind home plate. OK, check. Nick wins. We get called over to the dugout and his friend says hey i'm rob quinlan nice to meet you hi i'm nick manaman hi i'm nate gibson hi i'm nick hall and he goes shoot me a text after the game uh you can come back to the hotel and hang out with all of us too nick wins we saw a great game um we were sitting right behind home plate uh jared weaver he had a uh, quite a career in the majors he uh had a no hitter going into the ninth inning and Frank Thomas ended his no-hitter in the bottom of the ninth with, with a solo home run to tie it up one-to-one. And then Frank Thomas um, – actually, I'm sorry. He, he uh, ended the no-hitter in the seventh, and it was a 1-1 tie. And then he actually walked it off with a home run off a of Weaver again in, um, in the ninth inning. And it was kind of interesting to see a pitcher – give up only two hits and lose the game and they were both home runs to to Frank Thomas and then after the game we went to the players hotel and we sat at a bar at a round table and um I we got to chit chat baseball with Rob with uh, Rob Quinlan Jeff Devannon um Adam Kennedy were some of the smaller names some of the bigger names that we uh got to spend time with was John Lackey I mean talk about sitting at a table and talking baseball with World Series MVP John Lackey was pretty uh, was pretty amazing we uh we also Jared Washburn was there Tim Salmon and his wife came over and said hi to us and then the kicker was one of the cool things was is we were all sitting at this table talking um, talking baseball. And then the next thing, you know, uh, Jerry Springer comes walking into where we were and him and like two 25 year old blondes that he was with came over and introduced themselves to us and said hi to us. And then it was about four o'clock in the morning and the players were all going to go out, asked them if we wanted to, but we didn't take off work the next day. So we uh, drove home to Dubuque at four o'clock in the morning and I taught a swim lesson the next day at nine o'clock in the morning. So that's probably my uh, greatest baseball experience, not coaching or not playing. So we are finished with the around the horn section of the Dubuque area podcast. And now this is going to be our feature here. 
normally we're not going to be an hour in and just hitting our feature, but since it's our first, we, we want to give you an idea of what this podcast is about, but we come to off season workouts. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about off season workouts. I checked all four Twitter pages today and all of them were canceled on Sunday due to weather, but all programs, pitchers and catchers for Hempstead, Waller, senior and West Dubuque have started and coach, I'm going to turn it over to you here. Why are teams starting their off season workouts, their pitcher catcher workouts right now in February? What, why are they doing it? What are they doing it? And if you were running uh, your program, what would you be doing with yours? Well, I think that this whole thing just comes down to the state of Iowa, honestly, I think it's crazy that they put limits on when you can start doing these things and when you can't, um, especially being in Arizona. I mean, dude, we're like year round down here. And so, um, you know, we obviously have limits on our pitchers and stuff, but we can do arm care and, and throwing and everything like that the entire year to make sure that these kids are prepared for the season. And I just think that it's, it's crazy that Iowa puts limits on that. Um, and also with hitting, too. I mean, we can do everything. I mean, granted, we have the beautiful, nice weather of Arizona where we can be outside 365 days a year. But um, I just – I don't know. I think that that's a, a problem in its own, if you ask me. It's a way to keep guys' arms healthy and, and monitor them better. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't want to say bad stuff about club ball, but sometimes club ball doesn't have the best interests of the players in mind and they're more concerned about winning. And then, you know, they get to high school and all of a sudden you have all these, these issues. So that's just my opinion on that. Um, but if I'm, if I'm running a program in, in Dubuque, um, you know, you have to take advantage of it um, in more than, you know, one or two days. Um, it needs to be a three to four day uh, thing that you're doing with these kids. And, um, you know, I, I had the privilege of playing super cold weather up in Minnesota. And so I was able to learn kind of how to, to do these things uh, indoors because in October it starts snowing and we don't get on the field until maybe my first trip in Bemidji was May. Our last week of our season, we finally got our first home game. And so you got to start these kids out slow um, into a, a really easy throwing progression to start. Um, and then you start building up and you, you keep building up just like what you would do on, on a baseball field, but you have to find ways to do it indoors and just jumping right into throwing bullpens and, and jumping into all these things. Like a lot of these teams do, um, isn't the, the right way to, to do stuff. And we got to treat it as a process and not a, well, let's just get our arms ready really quick in a matter of two or three months. And then, uh, we're going right into our season, going full speed ahead. You know, I can tell you, giving the background of the three teams that I worked with, you know, Waller, when I was there, we would do open gyms. I believe it was on a Sunday night, and um, I, I was a freshman coach. I didn't have to be there. I, I went there because I wanted to pick Jerry Rowling's brain, and I, mm -hmm. and it was just varsity guys. There were no sophomores. They were no freshmen. I don't know how they do it now. Hempstead. When I was on the varsity staff, I went. When I was on the sophomore staff, I would go. And when I was on the freshman staff, I would go. I did not have to go. Only varsity staff needed to go. But when I was there, we only did um, 
we only did varsity and we only did sophomore. So I, I'd be curious to see if they are doing eighth graders and, and freshmen up there and, and what the requirement is for their, for their freshman coaches and, and their sophomore coaches, if they need to be there. Now, when I went to West Dubuque, we started Super Bowl Sunday and um, Casey Bryant held us accountable and said, if you're coaching, every coach needs to be there. I'm doing the varsity. So anybody that I think is going to pitch varsity is with me for these two hours. Sophomores are going for these two hours. Sophomore staff needs to be there. Freshmen and eighth graders are going for these two hours. Freshman coaches need to be there. And, and he, and he did a, 100%. yeah. And he, he mapped out everything being like, you're throwing 10 pitches today, guys down there, you're charting strike percentage. Okay. Today we're throwing 25. Um, and he would map out pitch one as a fastball pitch 17 as a change pitch 21 as a curveball, And he would also give, um, give locations as well. But the one thing that, that Casey did, and maybe the other programs are doing it now. I don't know. I've, I've been away for, from Hempstead for a while, and I've been away from Wallert in forever. But um, one thing that, that Casey did that I don't know if the other programs are doing is um, in, in Dubuque, um, shoot, what, Velocity is a huge program. Uh, Munson Baseball does it. I believe it's called Gold, Gold Standard Athletics by Eric Munson, great center, by the way. Um, and I, there's another facility. I can't, re, can't remember the name. I, I don't even know the guy who does it. He, he used to be, he used to be with, uh, with Munson, but he's not with them anymore. I, I think, I think he does. I, I really don't know though. Um, but um, it was Velocity. And kids pay big money to have that stuff and they chart their data. They chart, they chart um, how much they go up and, and that sort of thing. And I know that, um, I know that when I was at Hempstead, we would tell kids that if they want to be in it, they can, and we would either pay all of it or pay a percentage of it or pay half. I, I can't remember exactly. Well, the one thing that that I think that West Dubuque and, and Casey does offseason workouts is he bought all the equipment himself. He bought all the driveline stuff yeah. himself and he's got the bands and he's got the long things that you shake and the weighted balls and the trampolines and all that stuff. And he uh, became certified on how to do all that stuff. And then he taught it on to all of us and he has kids show up to do their velocity and um they they do their velocity and we see their kids their kids do the velocity it's completely free of charge because he has all he has all the gear and when you look at what his pitching staff has done since he started implementing that it it has really it's really helped they've they've really have taken off so that's that's what i see um, in, in the off season workouts here from, from my perspective. Now you were with senior and we do want to give, we do want to give senior some love. Um, again, the reason there's not much love here is because of Jay Kerman, not not getting back to me, but, um, we want to, we want to keep it, keep it balanced here. So you were with senior for a long time. Um, you actually interviewed, for the senior varsity position. Am I correct? You are correct. So 
when you were there, we're not going to get into that, by the way, because we want to have good relationships with all of the Greek area schools. Um, But when you were at senior, what what did their off-season program look like? Because I can't talk about it. That's why you're the co-host. It was, yeah, I mean, so it, it was essentially what, you know, your experience was aside for, you know, your recent encounter with, um, with Casey at West Dubuque is we showed up, you know, every Sunday and we threw a little bit and stretched and, you know, did uh, some core stuff and we threw bullpens. I mean, that's really what we did. And, and it wasn't um, so much condensed over a long period of time it was, we're going to condense it right now and we're going to just jump into stuff right away. And uh, at the time, you know, I, I didn't really know. And I was like, oh yeah, sweet. Like I get to start pitching again and I get to start doing stuff with baseball, which is super exciting. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it takes more than one day a week. And um, that's what that's what we did. I mean, we showed up and we were there for an hour or two and, and we left and threw bullpens and that was about it. Yeah. The, the one thing too that I love that... Um that coach Bryant does it at West Dubuque is they have an old stage in the gym where they do all of this stuff. So I I thought this was a brilliant idea. So, you know, in Iowa kids can hit, but you can't watch them or you can't, you can't coach them. It's just pitchers and catchers. Well, the brilliant thing that coach Bryant did is he's got the gym where the kids are doing their velocity and the kids are doing their throwing. They also have a stage up on top of the gym that nobody uses. He put a batting cage in there. Well, what do stages have? They have screens that you can pull and roll away. So he puts down the batting cage, puts in the rap soto, kids go in and hit. He pulls the screen shut so kids can go hit. And they can get their swings in while um, he's and his staff is doing the offseason stuff, which which I thought was brilliant. Breaks no rules, gets kids uh, in there hitting as well. So we're on to our next. Super brilliant. Yeah, we're we're on to our our next section here. And we talked earlier about how the Dubuque area podcast were about profiling players as well. We want to let you know what the product is on the field. We want to let you know what the, what the staffs, what these kids are doing. And we, we want to highlight some of these kids. So when you go to a game after listening to the Dubuque area baseball podcast, you can think, Oh yeah, I heard about, I heard about coach Mannman talking about that guy. I heard about coach Soigling talking about that guy. And, uh, and you can go from there and, and you can take our insights um, from our sources and, and make your own thing. So we decided since today was the first day that um, most major league teams, pitchers and catchers were reporting is we went to quick stats and Coach Soigling and I, we took two pitchers from each school and we're just going to do a quick profile on them. We're going to talk about last year's stats. We're going to talk about what people in the community are saying about them. Yes, I did do my research. We're going to talk about what their fellow coaches are saying about them and any other thing that we might have in. And Coach Soigling, this is where your expertise of pitching comes in. So 
first school we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about the Hempstead Mustangs. The Hempstead Mustangs last year had a record of 23 and 16, which I think was a pretty fair record for what they had. Yeah. And uh, they, they lost, I believe it was the second round of the playoffs. I think they were, they were kind of stunned um, when they got upset. But here's their pitching staff. They are losing. So from last year's 23 and 16 team, they are losing five seniors. They are losing six wins from those seniors and they have to replace 65 innings. And the two players that we're going to highlight today for Hempstead's pitching staff is junior Logan Rundy and senior Devin Udaly. And here are their stats from last year. We're going to start with Logan first. And I don't know if you remember the game you and I went to when Hempstead got knocked around pretty bad. Logan Rundy, yep. he was the pitcher on the mound. He started that game when, when Hempstead got beat. And so here was his record from last year. Ten starts, ten appearances. Four and four overall record. 45 and two-thirds inning pitch. He had an ERA of 322. He walked 13 guys and had eight hit batsmen. He struck out 47, and the opponent's batting average was 251. So that was as a sophomore. Anything that stands out to you when I read Logan Rundy's stats that you thought were good or you thought some things that that were alarming or some things that uh, you think he might need to improve on going into his junior year? I mean, just looking at it, I mean, that's a pretty good stat line, you know. Um, I don't, I don't know what happened throughout the season on, you know, why he was four and four, but I mean, that's given your team an opportunity to win uh, with those. Um, what I see, the big thing that stands out to me and I actually like it and people might think I'm crazy, but um, the eight hit by pitches, the reason why I like it and, but he needs to obviously condense it, but it's telling me from, from just these stats is he's not afraid to pitch inside on guys. And um, if you want to be an effective pitcher, you got to be able to attack guys on the inside. And so I really like that stat. Obviously uh, he's sitting about uh, three inning or, you know, three innings pitch to one walk, which is good. So about two a game. Um, I like to see that. Um, but I mean, just overall, I mean, that's just a good, a good stat line, keeping your opponents to under a 250 or at a 251 batting average. I mean, he's just put his team in a good position to win. And that's what you want out of a guy that's going to eat up innings for you. And, and, and you expect to fill those roles. Now I can tell you that Hempstead got off to a great start last year. They actually got uh, skyrocketed up into the top 10 early in the season. And one of the reasons why they were ranked in the top 10 is um, Logan was their workhorse as a sophomore. And he actually, um, Hempstead had a lot of readouts, so they would start him like every single start because they were only playing like two games a week due to all the rainouts. And uh, he got a lot of big wins for them, helped them help them get off to that um, to that uh, good start. Now, would you like to know what his head coach says about it? Because you know, here at the Dubuque Area Podcast, we do reach out <laughs> and we do we do we do our research here at the Dubuque Area Area Baseball Podcast. Would you like to know what his coach said about him? 
I would All right. So Logan Rundy is a junior and he has committed to go to Iowa Weston. And from the words of Coach Rapp, great stuff. When every single time we have an opportunity to win every single time he pitches, he needs to be more efficient. He needs to stay in the zone so he can go deeper into games. Now, I don't know if um, I don't know if you know this, but um, Iowa now has a pitch count on how many pitches you can throw per game. So I think that's what Coach Rapp was referring to when he mm-hmm. says he needs to stay more in the zone um, so he can pitch later into the games. Yep. Also, Coach Rapp says he sits at 87 to 88 miles an hour. He's got a good curve working on a change and he has a plus knuckleball. So any thoughts on um, uh, coach Rapp's assessment or anything that you'd like to double up on what coach Rapp said? Biggest thing that I, I took from what coach Rapp said is um, well, there's two um, obviously being more efficient on the mound. Uh, you got to get through, if you're going to be a starter and you're going to try and eat up innings, man, you gotta, you gotta be, between 12 and 15 at, at a goal obviously you're gonna jump out of there you're gonna have bad innings and stuff but um yeah you gotta be more efficient and stay around the plate um it's easier to get calls and and you're just putting your team in a better position uh no one wants to be sitting out there uh you know out in full counts every at bat um it's easier for your team to stay in the game um the other thing that stood out to me was uh working on a changeup. um you know he might have a plus knuckleball but Dude, you got to get a changeup working. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the changeup is the most difficult pitch to hit. Um, if you can throw it with the same arm slot, same arm speed, everything the same, except just an added finger on the ball or a circle on the ball, if you can bury that that changeup in the dirt, that is, I, I believe, the most effective pitch. And, pitch and, and, and the thing about it is it makes – yeah, and, and the thing about it is, is if you can get that changeup working – that makes your fastball that much better. So now all of a sudden that 87, 88 mile an hour fastball might seem more like 90. And so it's just going to make your, your secondary pitches are going to make your, your primary pitch. Uh, I highlighted here as a kid that I had never heard of until I looked at the stats. Actually, I saw him, I saw him throw, I believe against senior um, last year at Hempstead, but a kid by the name of Devin Udaly. And here are his stats. He had seven starts, 10 appearances, four and two record. 43 innings pitched, one save. He had 16 earned runs, which accounts to an ERA of 2.6, 13 base on balls, five hits backsmans, 32 Ks, opponent's batting average of 228. So does anything from that stat line stand out to you there, Coach? Um, what was his, what were his hit by pitches again? He, uh, hit five batters on the year walk. And what was the one after that? 32 strikeouts. 32 strikeouts. Um, I mean, what I see out of this kid is, man, he just wants to pitch. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it, it, it shows you, I mean, 10 appearances, um, 43 innings pitched and he has a save. He has a 2.6 ERA, um, you know, and, and the, the thing that stands out to me, because this is kind of how I was as, as a high school player and up until I, I got better in college, was I was never a big strikeouts guy. And seeing 32 strikeouts in a 43 innings pitch, but your ERA is 2.6, that tells me you're going and just trying to get guys out. And that's how you put your team in the best position, is you let your team do the, the hard work for you. 
and um, you you let them play. And man, I, I you love know seeing when, that. When I, when I look at it. that too, you see the thirty two Ks, and you see the forty three innings. You see the ERA of two point six. His defense is telling him, "Hey, man, we love playing behind you. You're throwing strikes. You're right. a pitch to contact guy. I'm on the balls of my feet. I'm not on my heels, and I'm I'm ready to make a play for you because I know that ball's going to be put in play." Would you like to hear what his coach uh, Jeff Rapp said when I asked him an unloaded question about Devin Udaly? All right, unloaded question. Here's what Coach Rapp said: He was our most consistent pitcher from last year. Fastball is in the low 80s. He has an outstanding, great changeup. Outstanding was in all caps, and he's got an above-average curve. He was second-team all-conference last year due to his work on the mound. So uh, anything you'd like to say with uh, Coach Rapp's analysis there? I agree, man. I, he's, he's a guy that I he sounds like a horse on the mound, and he just wants to play, and he wants to get some wins. And um, – that's something you, you can't necessarily teach. It's got to come from within. And that kid seems like he has it and that him having a good, uh, what was it? A, what was in all caps? Outstanding with change. Up right outstanding. An outstanding changeup. Uh, guys, curveballs are great. Uh, secondary pitches are great, but um, you know, he's, he's, you said he's a low eighties uh, guy that change us making his fastball look that much better. And um, it's, I, it's fantastic. I just, I love hearing that kind of stuff. You know, after, it's not after, all about zero. after getting coach Rapp's feedback and looking at his stats, he's, he's one guy that, that I want to go see. I, 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 I would pay, I I'd pay admission to watch him pitch. It, it'd be a defense will be working. Ball will be put in play. Uh, Devin, you daily coach man from the Dubuque area podcast. He's, he's going to come out and uh, he's going to watch play. I'm looking forward to it. We are on to Western Dubuque. Senior people, you're next, okay? Don't forward this because you might need to use this for some scouting because they are in the Mississippi Valley Conference now with you guys. Do we so, want to maybe? Do we want to maybe pick two out uh, a session? Um, no, because people people uh, know what know know we're talking about it. Uh, we we can we can cycle through it here. We can probably finish in the next ten minutes or so. But yeah, no, um. The, the next podcast we do is we're going to uh, identify the dark horse of the staff. So somebody that we think that is an unknown that might give them a good boost. But I do want to go back to Hempstead real quick. I do want to give shout outs to Zach Sabres, uh, Joey Vive, and Carson Meisenberg, all former students of mine. All right. We're on to Western Dubuque. Western Dubuque last year. Lost to Urbandale in the state tournament, state semifinal game for the second straight year in a row. Overall record of 32 and 10. Here's what the staff is losing. They are losing six seniors. They need to replace two Division I pitchers. They need to replace 131 innings. And they need to replace, they are losing 15 wins from their seniors. You know, I, I just think West Dubuque is just losing an awful lot. But um, the pitchers that we are going to spotlight today is uh, Casey Perrineau, who is a senior. And 
Calvin Harris, who's who's a junior. So I'm sorry, Calvin Harris, my fault. Calvin Harris is a senior. He's he's been playing varsity baseball for like 12 years, but he's a senior. Finally, I thought he was a DJ. Oh, did you? All right. So, <laughs> well, it is. so here are here are Casey Perrineau's stats. Eight starts, 13 appearances, eight and one, 63 and a third innings pitch, one save, eight earned runs, ERA of 0.88, 13 base on balls, one hit batter, 67 Ks, opponent's batting average of 208, and he is a Southeastern Community College kid. So when I read those stats, Coach, what stands out to you there? All of them. (laughs) I mean, I mean, what can I really say? That's that's an impressive stat line, man. Um, uh, Man. I don't know. Uh, it's amazing. Um, I don't really have anything to say. That's just a that's a great stat line. That's a guy that I think anyone could agree they want on their team. He's obviously um, around. He's obviously around the dish and, and efficient. He's going after guys. He's not afraid to to go at them. Um, I'm assuming he has some good velo. Um, but man, it, there's a lot of good stuff right there. There is, and and I I want to give some shout outs to the Perrineau family here because baseball is in their blood. His um, his brother Cole plays at Loris, was a standout at at Western Dubuque, and his brother was actually the other freshman coach when I coached at Western Dubuque. Cole uh, doing great things at Loris and at uh, Western Dubuque, and his dad Steve was actually the second person to follow this podcast on Spotify behind Brady Brightbox. So I want to give the Perrineau family <laughs> some love here. I also I also do want do want to say this. Casey Perrineau is one of my favorite kids that I've never coached. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So I never coached him. He was on he was always on the other freshman team and then he played up, but I tell you he's just a kid. He's he's a gamer. He's a very personable. He's a very personable kid. He is a very coachable kid, and um, I mean, he can play. I would feel confident putting him at every single infield position: third, short, second, and first. And um, the things that that he does defensively, and the thing that he does um, on the mound, are, are second to none. I'm excited to see. I would love to see. Southeastern Community College turn into a Michigan State Spartan. I'd like to see a Michigan State Spartan turn into an Oakland A. That's that's what I'd like to see for Casey. But would you like to hear what his coach Katie Bryant said about him, Tyler? Of course. Okay, Casey, eighty-five mile an hour fastball, two seam cutter, average curve, plus change. I'm sorry, plus change up many different arm slots. And I, and I'll say this about Casey. I, I love watching Casey pitch. One of my favorite things to do is I like going to, um, I like going to high school baseball games and I like sitting right behind home plate to see the movement of the ball. And um, Dylan Gatto from West Dubuque, love watching his curve. Crazy. Um, shoot. Uh, Goodman. Um, can't remember his first. Actually, I have it right here. Sam Goodman, his slider. 
uh, oh my gosh, it was like a boomerang. It was amazing to watch. Um, but when you watch Casey on the mound, Casey has that cutter, and it kind of reminds me of of Mariano Rivera, how much it darts in. I tell you, if they were using wooden bats at the high school level, I tell you, Casey would be able to build a house with the amount of wood he breaks. Um, and also, I would like to compare him to the high school version of Johnny Cueto. You know, Johnny Cueto um, is a little kooky on the mound. He'll fast pitch it. He'll change his motion. He'll give you a little shimmy like me on a Saturday night. But um, throws throws from a lot of different arm slots and, you know, take away the goofiness. But um, Casey kind of reminds me of the high school version of Johnny Cueto. He'll quick pitch you. He'll give you a high leg kick. He'll give you a low leg kick. He'll give you a a slide step he, he yeah I, I haven't seen the shimmy yet but i'm sure he's working on it but um uh very very good pitcher anything uh that you'd like to throw in what his coach uh casey bryant uh, says about him there um you know just uh hearing about hear you talk about his his deliveries and stuff um i the one piece of advice i would say is don't get too crazy with that stuff man you know, um, it's it's good to have differentials and, and to switch stuff up and, and do all that stuff. But, I mean, I can't really talk to it. Obviously, you can keep, still keep his head in the game. But, um, you know, master some stuff first before you start uh, getting too into that stuff is the only thing that I would I would say. But, I mean, stat line's kind of hard to argue with. So, obviously, it's working. That's That's why you're here. I know nothing about I know nothing about pitching. The only thing I know about pitching is I have to be the one to go out to the mound to take them out when I'm the head coach. Besides that, I don't know too much. But the other uh, pitcher we're going to spotlight here from West Dubuque is Calvin Harris. Now I'm going to read you his stats: five starts, eight appearances, three and one, thirty-two and two-thirds innings, two saves. He had an ERA of 1.07, 13 walks, five hit batsmen, 63 Ks in 32 and two-thirds innings, opponent's batting average of 1.55. What uh, insight do you have there on Calvin Harris, old commit recruit, about what I just read there? Um, man, uh. I would like to see him. I don't know. I mean, everything. I mean, three and one. Obviously, he he seems to be coming into more of a reliever role, um, especially with the two saves. Um, dude, I I would say uh, start getting used to to that that closing role because um, obviously what you're doing is effective and and we want. If I'm a coach, if I'm a college coach, I want a guy who's going to come in and shut down that game, and so. Um, start really thinking about uh, as you're getting ready to go to Ole Miss and, and, and move on with your career, um, what you can do on the mound um, as a closer. You don't always have to be a starter, but I know that I would feel if I'm Casey Bryant, I'd be feeling pretty damn good about bringing him in in whatever situation toward the end of the game. You know, it's, it's interesting for me. I'm curious to see how, uh, how Casey uses him this year because every single year, he hasn't needed him to be a starter because they've been loaded with starting pitching. But this year, when you lose six seniors, when you lose 131 innings, I, I don't know if he's going to be that number one or if he's going to be that bullpen guy. Um, I do know working in that program that they, they do have, I mean, they don't have Calvin 
Harris catchers behind him, but they got some pretty solid catchers behind him. Uh, Carson Skirtage, good catcher in their program. My coach him, did a great job. Uh, Jack Clemens did a great job catching when I had him. Bryn Van Tiger did, did a great job catching the program. So he's got three uh, solid catchers there that I think could do a fantastic job. Also, I, I forgot Luke Vorwald was their backup catcher uh, last year, and he's coming back for his senior season. So it'll be interesting to see how Coach Bryant uses him. I'm, I'm excited to see him yeah, it will be. Now, um, do you want to know what Coach Bryant said about Cal Harris? Yeah, I do. I'm interested to see what, what he's thinking for him. 92 to 94 mile-an-hour fastball. Wicked, 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 12-6 curve. And crazy, and Coach Bryant did the coach rap thing. He did crazy in all caps. Crazy change. So what do you have to say about uh, Coach Bryant's comments about Calvin Harris? Use him. <laughs> don't, don't spend him out, but, man, uh, 92-94, he's what, a junior? No, he's said? a senior. That was my mistake. Yep. Senior. But still, I mean, damn, dude. I mean – he, I, I, if, if I, if I'm you, Casey, that's a guy I'm going to have a lot of, a lot of faith in, and no matter what situation I bring him in. Cause even, I mean, he's obviously uh, keeping his pitch counts low. He's not really, he, he could do better on his, on his um, innings pitch to, to walk ratio. A lot of people do strikeouts to walks. I don't really like that. Um, I like to look at innings pitch to walks, but um, that, I mean, use them. He he seems like a, a stud. Yeah, um, you know he's been playing varsity baseball since he's in been in eighth grade. He's won every single national award you could win, every single Iowa award you can win. Uh, quarterback of their football team that went undefeated and won the state tournament this year. So I mean he's just just a great uh, great hardworking kid. He's a great teacher to the kids in the program um, and really has had a lot of experiences. Uh, with baseball outside of the Buke, and he's shared that knowledge with the kids. He's he's just a phenomenal leader. I, I can't say enough uh, great things about Calvin Harris. You know, we are on to senior, but since uh, Jay Kerman can't get back to us, I mean, do we just skip senior and do we crumple up uh, their stat sheets and throw it aside and say, you know what, senior, if you're not going to participate in the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast, we're not going to report on you. Do we do that or do we do what what good journalists do and we we uh, report everything? Well, you know, what? I'm I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find the, uh, the the middle ground in this. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this until Jay Kerman gets back to us, <laughs> we're only gonna do one senior player until he decides that he's gonna give us a yeah. time of day. So I say we pick one, and we'll talk about him. And then when Jay decides that he's gonna, um, you know, man up and, and talk to us again, uh, then we'll start giving giving senior those those two those player profiles. You know what I I I will agree to that because I I do have some information on one senior pitcher, not two but one, but I I do have a funny story I'd like to share about one of them. So here's senior last year. 
Senior went 19 and 20, which I think probably suits their talent. I think that record's pretty fair. Um, Sam Link did go down, uh, missed quite a few games with a hamstring injury, and I'm sure that really uh, affected them. But here's seniors, what they're losing. They are losing six senior pitchers. They need to replace 70 innings, and they need to replace six wins. Now, the two pitchers that we were going to highlight for the year coming in are Johnny Blake, who will be a senior, and Cole Smith, who is going to be a junior. Um, since we're only going to cover one, do you want – we're going to cover Cole Smith. We're not going to cover Johnny Blake but because um, I don't have any information on Johnny Blake besides his stats. Do you want me to read my Johnny Blake stat line, or do you want me to tell my Johnny Blake story? Um, you said we we're going to talk about Cole, so let's hear the Johnny. Okay, so what is Johnny Blake's older brother's name? What is what Johnny is Blake's older brother's name? He coaches at senior. I think you're friends with him. I think you coached with him. Yeah, oh, Michael. Michael. So, so funny story. Um, yeah. I'm coaching at Hempstead, and this was a sophomore game, and Michael Michael Blake is hitting. And I, I was just kind of in one of those moods. And I, I can't I can't remember um, if this was the year that we uh, swept senior and they had one hit for the whole doubleheader. I can't I can't remember if, if that was the year. But um, for some reason, he was wearing this big gold chain and it was hanging. And um, you can't you can't wear jewelry in high school baseball. And he was he was batting. And I, I walked out um, in the middle of his at bat and I, and I pulled the umpire aside and I said, hey, that, uh, that hitter has this huge necklace on. My pitcher's struggling to see the strike zone because the sun is reflecting off that, uh, that cross he has. And my pitcher's struggling to throw strikes because of that, that gold necklace and the reflection of the sun in his eyes. Can he take that off? And um, I remember the umpire going and checking in to see if he had a necklace on, and he did. And I just remember the the death stare I got from uh, from Mister Blake and in, into my dugout uh, after he was forced to uh, to take that necklace off. And he put up he put up a fight for a little bit. Uh, he was claiming that he could not take it off due to his religious beliefs, but the umpire wasn't wasn't biting on it and I, I really stuck to the story that um it was blinding my pitcher that's why he was struggling to find the strike zone during that at bat but that's my uh that's my Michael Blake story for you does that sound like something I do it does sound very much like something you would do <laughs> yeah all right so let's go to Cole Smith so Cole last year was a sophomore so he's a junior this year here's his stat line six starts 10 appearances, three point, I'm sorry, three wins and five losses, 32 and a thirds inning. He has an ERA of 3.90, 13 base on balls, three hits backsmans, 28 Ks, batting average at 2.26 against. So when I read that stat line on Cole Smith, what are your uh, early thoughts here? His his uh, opponent batting average is two twenty six. It is, yep. Okay. Um, 
what this is kind of telling me here is we might not be as efficient as we should be. Um, and we might be more concerned about getting our strikeouts rather than uh, getting outs in general. Um, uh, the strike or the innings pitch to, to walk ratio is, you know, uh, almost two to one, which, um, you know, anytime you put three guys or three base runners on, um, it's not putting your team in a, in a good spot to win, um, regardless of how good your opponent batting average is. So that's my take from it is, you know, we got to get um, more into the pitcher mentality of letting your team work for you rather than trying to um, work more for your team. So, Yeah, and now, like I said, Jay Kerman did not get out to us, but I did. Um, I was able to find some um, information on Cole. Uh, searching through Twitter and seeing some of the things that he does. So his fastball sits between 83 and 85. Um, he's got a good 12-6 curveball, which um, I can attest to. Uh, he locates well and has natural, natural tail. And um, I went to uh, the Hempstead senior game at Hempstead, and they actually put Colin in relief. And um you know, when he was warming up, he wasn't throwing very hard, and I and I kind of expected um, Hempstead to tee off on him, but um, they didn't. They didn't touch him. I don't think he gave up a single hit for the whole outing. He had his eye black on, and he had his um, socks jacked up high, and his his pants um, pulled up so his socks kind of like the old school look. What I what I really like, but yeah, when uh, I saw on Twitter that. He's got that twelve six hammer curveball. It definitely is is a, is a pretty nasty curveball, and um, I'll be interested to see um, where he falls in the rotation. Is he a top of the rotation guy? Is he a middle of the rotation guy? Is he the first out of a pen guy? Um, what kind of year he has? I do know that you know last year he hit 343 as a sophomore that's pretty impressive so i think they're expecting some big things uh at senior out of cole smith anything to add from what i was able to find on twitter um no other than you know if he has that good of a curveball you might be trying to rely on it a little bit too much um let your curveball boost your fastball i mean that's kind of like my been my common theme with all this stuff it, you don't need to have a good fastball to make your off speed better. You need to have good off speed to make your fastball better. Um, those primary, that primary pitch is your most important pitch. And um, you throw that more than any other pitch that you're going to throw. And so you got to use those pitches to make your other pitches better. And it doesn't mean pitching backwards. It means using them effectively and in counts when you, when you need them. So. Can, can you believe that we made it to our last staff and we are at 104 minutes that we've been going at this for over an hour and a half? Is that crazy? Uh, it is crazy. I'm getting reprimanded by my lovely girlfriend for how long this is taking. All right. So. Well, I, I haven't gone upstairs yet to see what my wife's uh, what her thoughts are, but tell her we have one staff left. And then we have our we have our closing time and we're done. So um, I promise you, Dubuque area podcast listeners, we will not always be this long. First podcast, we got it. We got to set the table. We're like that leadoff hitter letting you know what's going to come on. So we're at Wallert Catholic and they were 18 and 22 last year. The thing I'll tell you about Corey Tischer is he always puts a good product on the field. And a lot of times they have people that, that I've never even heard of kids that I've never heard of um, coming through the system. And, and he's done a lot of great things there. I do believe at one point they went to the state tournament three years in a row. 
Um, but he, last year they were 18 and 22. And here's what his pitching staff is losing. He's got a lot to be excited about. They're only losing two seniors. They only need to replace four and two thirds innings. They are losing zero wins from last year. And the two pitchers that we're going to spotlight today are sophomore Jared Walter. And you might recognize this last name, freshman Aaron Savory. Do you recognize that last name? I do recognize that yeah. last name. Uh, Austin Savory, a strong left-handed pitcher. Um, for uh, Wallert Catholic, he's having a pretty successful run up at Winona State. So here are Jarrett Walter's stats. Last year as a freshman, I'm sorry, my fault. Last year as a sophomore, four and seven, 58 and a thirds innings, ERA of 2.28, 23 walks, eight hits batsmen, 66 Ks, and an opposing batting average of 1.89. What are your thoughts on Jared Walter as I, I read his stat line to you? So first things first, when you give me opponent's stat lines, you need to stop saying 1.8 something. You need to tell me it's like 189 or whatever All right, it was. 189 opponent's this is This isn't ERA. This isn't ERA, Nick. Get it right. Um, so as I'm, as I'm looking at this, um, obviously uh, we have a little bit of control issue. Um, but along with that, it seems like we're effective even though we have guys on base. Um, so we might be trying to, again, kind of get back into that thinking of that mentality of I got to try and strike everyone out. Um, you don't need to try and strike everyone out. And by doing that, you are going to be you're going to go into these 58 and a third innings uh, feeling fresher and feeling better. And you're going to see a lot of things decline um, as far as uh, walks and hit by pitches, um, all those types of things. So Nice. Um do you want to know what his coach said about him? I do. All right. I do. His coach says he's 82 to 83 on his fastball. He has had the ability and he has touched 86 in the past. He's got a hard curve, great movement, developing a changeup. Last year, and the year prior, he was their number one pitcher as a freshman and as a sophomore. What does a coach mean when he says a hard curve? Hard curves means it's sharp. Um, you know, you know, big loopy curveballs that uh, start breaking a little too early. Um, when I hear hard curveball, it means he's throwing it hard and it's sharp and it's um, it's it's a tight curveball. Um, those are the kind of things that you you want to see you don't want to see those big loopy ones you want to see something thrown hard and you want to see something sharp that's breaking late and that's what that's telling me yeah um you know interesting story about him is last year western dubuque was on a run where they were just murdering everybody um i mean they were putting up 10 15 runs a game they had a win streak of six to 12 games just nobody was beating them and wallert was struggling and came to town and that Jared Walter 
almost no hit him. Um, I believe he one hit him and, and shut down that potent Bobcat lineup that they had last yeah. year. So now we're on to uh, Aaron Sabry. And last year, here were his stats as a freshman. That's the thing about Coach Tischer, that not a lot of the other Dubuque area coaches, besides Casey Bryant, does. Uh, they both, will, if they have a young guy that can play, they're going to play him. Some uh, Sometimes I notice with Senior and, and Hempstead, they'll keep him down. Um, maybe have them play up one level, but they won't have them make that huge jump. But Aaron Sabry last year, nine starts, 14 appearances, four and two record, 47 and two thirds inning pitch, one save. He had an ERA of 2.20. He walked 20 men, hit six, had 45 strikeouts, and opponents hit 231 against him. So, what are your initial thoughts? Every um, stats. How many strikeouts did he have? Forty-five in forty-seven and two-thirds innings. Okay. Um, you know, I, I look at this, and especially, you know, I, I haven't really been taking into account their age, but um, you know, to come into the NBC and to be pitching that way as a freshman, um, that tells me that there's a lot of good good things uh, coming ahead for him. Um, obviously. Uh, we'd like to see the walks down uh, more if possible. We're still getting into that two innings pitch to uh, one walk ratio, which is never something that you want to get into, especially when you start including hit by pitches. But um, I mean, that's a pretty great stat line as a, as a freshman. You know, I don't think I would have been doing that as a freshman. I'd probably have been getting teed off on. So um, he's got to keep doing what, what he's doing um, and just work on, um, staying around the zone a little bit more and, and, and doing what he's doing. Do you want to know what his coach, uh, coach Tischer said about him? Okay. So Aaron's a sophomore and coach Tischer says he's a four pitch pitcher, 82 to 83 fastball. He has shown the ability and has had 86 sharp curve, crazy, wicked slider, decent change was our number three last year as a freshman so that's what uh coach tisher says about aaron savory there what what are your thoughts on um i i love the wording that the coaches give uh, and i love how some of them use all caps and i love how some of them use crazy wicked i am pulling these are direct quotes from their coaches people out there so what would um what would you uh Tisher says about him um I mean kind of what he's saying you know as, as a freshman and he's our number three already on an, an always successful program I mean that's great um the only thing that um worries me a little bit with him only being a sophomore now is the fact he has four pitches I don't think that that's necessary at this point I say let's get let's uh get our three down and, and use those effectively including the changeup. Um, but it sounds like he has good breaking stuff, and it seems like he has um, the ability to throw a fastball. And so, um, you know, I I would build off of um, that and not try to get so fancy so early in his uh, high school career. So next time we meet for the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast, what we're going to do is we're going to look at the different baseball academies 
around the Dubuque area, give you a little background on those. I'm going to reach out to the owners and the managers, see if they can give us some information. And we spotlighted tonight two starters from each of the programs that will more than likely be their one and two and um, gave you some background information about them. And next week, or the next time we meet, we are going to pull a guy that really does not have many stats, is kind of an unknown, and we're going to see and identify them as the dark horse of the staff. And then, Coach, you and I will take a look at the end of the season to see how our dark horse prediction um, holds up. Uh, oh, yeah. can you hear so that? One thing I'd, oh, I'm one sorry. Thing... Go ahead. Yeah, so one thing I just want to I want to point out about all these guys we just covered is, you know, the guys that are seemingly the most effective on these teams are the guys with changeups. Um, it's just it's pretty clear cut to me. Um, these are the guys that are giving their teams opportunities to win. They're the guys that are getting the most wins. Um, there, I just wanted to point that out. All like the I think there's four guys I marked down here. Three guys that we were talking about their changeups, and um, it just you know, the, the stats don't lie in, in showing that you're giving your team an opportunity to win and you are pitching to your potential if you can develop that change up. So do, uh, do you hear that? Can you hear that song coming on now? Oh, oh do. what does that song oh, mean? That is Enter Sandman from Mariano Rivera, the closer of the New York Yankees, which gets us to our last section, closing time. Uh, chill. We know when we hear Mariano Rivera's music in the background, the podcast is coming to an end, just like the game did when he entered. Stick around for closing time. Sit down for our final segment. And we're going to get real here with you. Now, we apologize for the length of this. They are all not going to be this long. But first episode in the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast, it just had to be that way. So for closing time, we played Mariano Rivera's entrance song. Second greatest closer of all time behind Dennis Eckersley of the Oakland A's. But our first segment is called Sit Down with Soigling. Tyler, take it away. All right. So in our first segment of Sit Down with Swiggling, I'm going to out on all of you high school, little league, college players out there right now. This is probably my biggest pet peeve as a baseball coach, and it's learn how to keep a book. Gosh, it drives me crazy that these guys do not know how to keep a book. and not only boosts your ability to pay attention to the baseball game, but it and more importantly, boost your IQ of baseball to become a better player. If I put a position and I put a nine out there, I expect you to know that it means right field. It does not mean left field. It does not mean shortstop. It means right field. If I put a one out there, it means that you are a pitcher. Learn how to keep a book. Know what's going on in the game. Drives me crazy. You need to know how to do it. It's a rite of passage for any baseball player. Get it figured out. <laughs> wow, I did not know that a sit down with Soggling segment is going to sound like you were being shot out of a cannon there. 
it's it's a pet peeve of mine, Nick. I got I had to get it out there. All right. So if if you learn anything from this podcast, learn how to keep a book. So now that Coach Sogling is finished with his sit down with Sogling section of it, we're going to end here and we're going to have a minute with Manaman. So I got to tell Dubuque Sr. I got to tell Dubuque Hempstead and I got to tell Dubuque Wallert Catholic, your fans, your community, you need to step it up. Okay, and what I'm getting here in a minute with Manaman is spent four years coaching at Western Dubuque and holy cow, do they have an outstanding fan base. About 95 percent of their fan base gets it and then about five percent of them are clueless. But I got to tell you, I go to a Hempstead game. 30 to 75 people there. I go to a Wallert game, 30 to 75 people there. Same thing for senior. When I go to a Western debut game out at Farley Park, there is, I kid you not, 150 to 400 people there any given night. You got people coming from all walks of life. You got people coming who played for West Dubuque 119 years ago. You got a fan that has not missed a single West Dubuque baseball game in like 89 years. The fan base is great. They support their baseball program and all other programs when they're the top of the top and they support their baseball and all other programs when they're struggling. Great community support out there. I got to tell you, when you go to a game at Farley Park, um, it's it's an experience. Uh, Great announcing, great ballpark food, great stadium seating, great atmosphere. You can feel the tension in the crowds of those close games. You don't get that at any of the other ballparks around the area. Um, Wallert, sometimes you get that feeling because everybody's so close to the field. But Hempstead and Senior, not so much. So a minute with Manaman, Senior, Wallert, and you got to step up the community support. Get the community out, support the program, support the players, support the coaching staff, and you'll see results in the end and that is the end of manaman's minute and we enjoyed a sit down with soigling about keeping the book and just like that six four three we're out of here post game show is brought to you by christ i can't find it the hell with it Thank you for listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. You can find us on social media, Facebook and Instagram by searching Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at Coach Manaman. Go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, find us on Spotify, and subscribe.